I hope you have a, a map, uh, a set of maps there. I hope you have one tonight. This is, this is, I guess, I don't know what kind of a sermon you'd call this. More of an instructional sermon, I guess. I guess all sermons are. Uh, this sermon started as a class idea. I wanted to have this as a class. Brother Ernest Clevenger has a wonderful book on Bible geography. And I told y'all, I threatened y'all I was going to have that class. And I, I got more negatives on that class than I did. <laughs> the class that's coming up on moral issues after Sammy's class, okay? Sammy's class in Acts, when his class ends in Acts, we're going to have a, a class on called moral issues. And we're going to be looking at specific uh, issues like homosexuality and and uh, drinking and dancing and and uh, uh, what all else I uh, can't remember them all now but uh, oh new age movement there's all kinds of different different moral issues that we're going to be focusing on in in that class and uh, y'all wanted that instead of this this class on Bible geography but man this is an interesting class. This is a very interesting class, a very interesting booklet that Brother Clevenger has. I mean, we learn so much scripture from looking at the, uh, the places where, where all of these things happened in the Bible. I, it had been my hope when I scheduled this sermon back last, uh, back last December to have traveled to the land of Palestine, uh, Exodus 5, uh, 15 verse 14, the, the land of Canaan, that's used 82 times, in the Bible, uh, the land of milk and honey that's used 19 times to show this particular land, uh, the goodness of, of this land, uh, the holy land. Uh, it, it, it's, it's given that name by many. It's, there's, there's no scripture to support the name holy land. There, there may have been a holy man that, that walked in this land, but uh, we all understand what that means. It's also called the promised land, and we'll talk about that at the very end of this sermon today, why it's called called the promised promised land it's so called because god had promised and we'll read about that later abraham and his descendants this land and it had been my hope to see this land with my own eyes and to bring back my own pictures that i took with my own camera and and walked in these places about what i speak about tonight that that trip i hope was just postponed uh, I had it uh, had uh, it going with Dan Chambers. Uh, I was looking so forward to just closing my ears and opening my eyes and just just learning, but it didn't happen. As a lover of the Bible, and not only its truths, I also love its history. You know, to walk where Jesus walked would be awesome. To to see even a semblance of what he saw would be, to me, an amazing experience. I would love to fill in the gaps of the basic knowledge of the land that I have with, with first-hand experience. I try to keep things simple in my mind. I'm a pretty simple person. I try to keep things simple in my mind. Bible geography is, is one of those things. I try to hold in my mind. This is actually what I picture in my mind when I, when I think about places, um, I try to hold in my mind a basic form of the land of Palestine during the time of Christ. Uh, you have the Sea of Galilee to the 
to the north, depending on your translation. Uh, this is the waters of Jesinar, the, the sea of Chinnereth, Joshua 11, verse 2, the, the, land, the lake of uh, Gesinnereth, uh, Matthew 14, verse 34, or simply the sea, Matthew 14, 24, or the lake, Luke 5, verses 1 and 2. All of these names describe the, the sea of, of Galilee. It's 13 miles long, 6 miles wide, 700 feet below sea level and in some places it's 250 feet deep that's a pretty deep lake from the sea of Galilee the Jordan River runs south about 100 miles so much of Jesus' life and teaching happened around these waters the Jordan runs south until it reaches the Dead Sea or the Salt Sea Uh, it has a salt content uh, that not much can live in it so it's called The Dead Sea. Many scholars believe that Sodom and Gomorrah were located here at the southern end, the southern tip of the of the Dead or or Salt Sea. Uh, Here's a picture. This is a this is a picture uh, of the Sea of Galilee. I want to show you that real quick. In this corridor right here, in this corridor between the Great Sea, the Mediterranean Sea. And the Dead Sea and the Jordan River and the Sea of Galilee, in that corridor right there, so much of the Bible happens. So much of it happens. It's rich with history in this, in this particular area. Uh, here's a picture of the uh, Sea of Galilee. It looks very tranquil, doesn't it? On this particular sea, Jesus walked on the water. On this particular sea, it looks calm there, doesn't it? You know, back when I used to ski, this would have been a, a perfect, perfect place to ski. I mean, it's just, it looks like glass, doesn't it? Can you imagine this place, just a storm that Jesus steals? The Jordan River. Oh, how much happened in the Jordan River. How many, how many tribes crossed the River Jordan? How it, how it fills our, 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 our song books. Shall we gather at the river? That's what we're talking about. Crossing over the river. We're talking about this river. Jesus, this is the traditional place that he was baptized uh, by, some, by some people. If you can see on to uh, the right of this, there's actually a place they do baptize. They, they baptize you in, at this particular spot. This is the Dead Sea. This is the Dead Sea. I, I, you know, it, the salt content is so much in, in, in our itinerary where we were going to go to, to, to the land of Palestine. We were going to get to stop at the Dead Sea and we were going to get to float on the water. The salt content is so much that you, you don't sink, you just float. That would be neat to do. Directly west from the Jordan... About 50 miles is the Mediterranean Sea or, or the Great Sea. And within this corridor, as I've said, much of the stories that we read in the Bible happened. You have the, the, the sea, the hill country, the Jordan Valley, uh, and in the east. With this basic map, let's read of some of the instances I mean, there's so much in the Bible that we go to and pinpoint specific places. But I decided to go to the life of Jesus and see 
where particular things happened. Of course, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. If you have your, if you have your uh, maps in front of you, you can mark that. That's where Jesus was born. Bethlehem was located about five miles southeast of Jerusalem. It means house of God is what Bethlehem means. Rachel died and was buried near Bethlehem. Genesis chapter 35 verses 16 through 19. Ruth and and 1 Samuel tell us that Boaz, Obed, Jesse, all of those ancestors of Jesus, they lived near here. Uh, King David was born here as well. That's why Bethlehem is called the, the city of David. Bethlehem was prophesied as, as the, the birthplace of Jesus in Micah chapter 5 verse 2. And, and Jesus was. He was born here. Matthew chapter 2 verse, verse 5. As most know, Jesus was born in a manger in Bethlehem, but that he grew up in the, uh, in the city of Nazareth. This is a, this is a picture of, of modern day uh, Bethlehem. And then we also know that he grew up in the, in the city of Nazareth, as we've been learning about in the Life of Christ class. Nazareth was about 70 miles from Jerusalem. About 15 miles east of Nazareth was the, was the Sea of Galilee, as you can see from your map. In Nazareth, Jesus spent his childhood. During his days of preaching, Jesus did not fare well in his own Hometown, as we talked about this morning, Mark chapter 4 reveals that Jesus wasn't believed. And in Luke chapter 4, verse 16, it tells of, of the time that they tried to throw Jesus over a cliff on which the town was built. They tried, to, they tried to take him out of the city and throw him over the cliff and kill him. But Jesus, it said, walked through the crowd. The region of Galilee is where, uh, is where Nazareth... Is located. This is a modern day Nazareth, modern day area. It's a sprawling uh, town now. It was it was not very well known during the days uh, of Jesus. Uh, the region of Galilee is where Nazareth is located. There were six major sections of New Testament Palestine. Uh, there was uh, Phoenicia by the coast. There was Galilee, the, the northernmost division. There was the Samaria, Judea, the Decapolis, the ten cities. Uh, and then there was uh, uh, Perea, as you can see there being circled. None of these were hard boundary places. They weren't like our states. Uh, you, know, you know, like we have the state of Kentucky, the state of Georgia, and they have certain boundary lines. And these were, were these were areas, much like we would say the Fountainhead area. There's no real boundary line uh, there, or the Clearview area. There's no real boundary line there. There were prejudices attached to these to these uh, regions, to these areas. The Samaritans were considered unlearned by the Jews, and many would not travel from Judea through Samaria. They would go around. Samaria. They, they would rather take a, a roundabout route than go uh, the direct route through Samaria. Galileans were considered unlearned by those who lived around Judea. Cana, located near Nazareth in the region of Galilee, was where the first miracle of Jesus was recorded. We talked about that this morning in John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. But when Jesus spent a lot of time, we think of a couple of places. One of the main places that Jesus spent a lot of time while in Galilee, and many consider, uh, here's, here's a picture of, of, uh, of Cana in Galilee. Actually, uh, Cana, this is, 
where they think Cana was. This is a, a town that's grown up kind of in the area. They don't really exactly know where Cana, where Cana was. But where Jesus spent a lot of time when he was in Galilee, and many consider this his base of operation, was in Capernaum. Of course, we know Jesus uh, didn't have to have a place to, to lay his head. But he, he, he based a lot of his operations out of Capernaum. It's located on the northern coast of Galilee. Capernaum literally means the village of, of Nahum. And here Jesus healed the centurion's son, Matthew chapter 7. One was uh, healed of, of palsy in Matthew chapter 2. In, Cap- in Capernaum, Jesus miraculously paid the, paid the tax, Matthew chapter 17, verse 24. Jesus pronounced a woe upon upon this city in Matthew chapter 11 verses 23 and 24 and today this site as well is is so obliterated its exact location near the sea of Galilee is is really unknown Uh, this is uh, a portion of what they believe to be Capernaum probably Jerusalem would be the uh, place that's most associated with Jesus he, he spent a lot of time in, in Jerusalem. If you go and, and, and visit the city of Jerusalem, they have a, an actual model there of, of the old city that you can, that you can look at and see. Uh, I would love to see that, wouldn't you? It looks like these people are, are enjoying it as well as they, look at the, at the, as they look at the temple. And Pat, I was thinking as I was seeing this picture, you know, the pinnacle, you know, the, there's little points right there, just the highest point of, of one of those points overlooking Overlooking the uh, the town of Jerusalem would have been a sufficient enough. Would it would it have not? Uh, around Jerusalem, he lived and he taught and he died. He was he was buried and he he rose again and he ascended. So much happened in Jerusalem. In the time of Abraham, Jerusalem was called uh, Salem. Uh, Melchizedek was the priest and king during the time of of Abraham. Genesis chapter fourteen. Verses 18 through 19, Jesus was a priest in the order of Melchizedek as we read uh, from the Hebrew writer. David conquered and made Jerusalem his, his capital. 2 Samuel chapter 5 verses uh, 6 through 10. It's 92 miles from the Mediterranean Sea and it's 18 miles from the Jordan River. And besides the stories that we have of Jesus in Jerusalem, uh, Peter preached the first gospel sermon here in Acts chapter 2. Now, today, Jerusalem is divided into sectors for Christians, Jews, and Muslims. Uh, Jerusalem is built on a couple of of mountain ranges uh, with valleys in between the mountain ranges, as you can see from your your map. Mount Zion is one of those mountains that Jerusalem is built on. Uh, We sing the song, Oh, Zion, Zion. Well, that's what it's talking about. That's what we're singing about. This is the place. It's, it's located here in, in Jerusalem. Uh, it's uh, 2,250 feet above sea level. And this is the reason why they say the phrase in the New Testament. We see it over and over again. They go up to Jerusalem. Even though they might be going south, they go up to Jerusalem because it's on a, on a higher mountain, uh, Mount Zion. Another significant mountain on which Jerusalem is built is Mount Moriah. Mount Moriah. If we look back at Genesis chapter 22, Mount Moriah is the place that God told Abraham to go and worship and offer his only son, Isaac. According to Brother Clevenger and and 2 Samuel 24, David uh, purchased the area from from Oren and Solomon built the temple on Mount Moriah in 2 Chronicles chapter 3 
in verse 1. On this same mountain that Abraham was told to go and worship, on this same mountain, the temple was built. Today, in the place of the Jewish temple, is what you see here now. This is, this is modern day uh, Jerusalem. And this is a Muslim mosque called the Dome of the Rock. And it sits on the exact spot of the temple of the Jews. Jerusalem is built on four hills. Zion, Moriah, Ophel, and Acre. Another important mountain, though, that's not associated with with Jerusalem itself is outside Jerusalem. Another important mountain is the Mount of Olives, a hill just east of Jerusalem outside the city. Before you can go to the Mount of Olives, though, you must must, uh, cross the Kidron Valley. There's the Mount of Olives. I've kind of drawn that on on this particular map. And you've got to go across the, the Kidron Valley. Inside the Kidron Valley is a brook. We would call it a creek. Uh, the Brook Kidron, or, or Kidron Creek, as we might say. And many years before Jesus, David was at war with his son Absalom. And he escaped Jerusalem with his people, and he crossed the, the Brook Kidron, going toward the Mount of Olives. And David wept, it says in Second Samuel chapter 15, verse 30. He wept all the way up the Mount of Olives. He cried. Jesus, too, had to cross the Brook Kidron. John chapter 18, verse 1. On his way, on his way to be betrayed, on his way to the Mount of Olives, at the foot of the Mount of Olives, the same place that David cried, was in the time of Jesus. Here's a picture of it, uh, the, the traditional spot for it today. The Garden of Gethsemane. The Garden of Gethsemane, I have it circled here in the, in the, in the map, which means oil press. Here Jesus was betrayed by Judas in Matthew chapter 26. Jesus was then arrested. He was tried unfairly. He was crucified. And outside the city, uh, and this is the traditional place. It's going to work. Yes. This is the traditional site for uh, outside the old city uh, for uh, Golgotha. Or it's also called the place of the skull. It's also called Calvary. That's the Latin word for it. Um, this is the traditional site uh, today for Golgotha, the place of the skull. Uh, I've seen this picture all my life, I believe, uh, this particular picture. And I've always thought that this, I've circled it here, I've always thought that that particular place right there really looks like a skull, doesn't it? I always thought that looked like the eyes and the nose and the mouth of a skull. So I could see why that would be considered the, the traditional place of the skull. There are two places outside the old city today that some are divided on, which would be the actual place of Golgotha. But the important thing to remember about this place is, is that on Golgotha or Calvary, again the Latin word, Jesus died for our sins. Matthew chapter 27 verses 37 through 39 and 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 3 through 8. Again, from the Mount of Olives, here's a view from the Mount of Olives to Jerusalem across the Kidron Valley there. Uh, from the, the Mount of Olives is the place where many of the events happened in Jesus' life. Olives were grown here. And it's from here that Jesus ascended into heaven. Acts chapter 1 verse 12. 
today with construction and past wars and civilizations and the, and the building of buildings and the tearing down of buildings, the valleys surrounding Jerusalem are near the level of the hills. Uh, you're standing on the top from this picture uh, uh, looking over from the Mount of Olives. And, and it, you could probably imagine that that valley below you is maybe even a little deeper during the time of Jesus and even a little deeper still during the time of, of David. Uh, but um, another major valley that has been filled in over time and is not as deep as it used to be is south of Jerusalem. In, uh, it's south of Jerusalem and it's called the Valley of Hinnom. The Valley of Hinnom, those who worship the god Molech, they threw their children onto the arms of this iron idol called Molech, which was hollow inside, and a hot fire was built inside this, this idol so that when we threw the children on the arms of the iron idol, the children burned to death. It was in this valley, just south of, the, of what people would call a holy city, that they did such a thing. They sacrificed children and the children quickly burned to death. This was condemned in 2 Chronicles chapter 2 and verse 8. The Greek word Gehenna was later used by Jesus from this valley to mean hell or the place of eternal torment. The valley was used as a trash dump even during the days of Jesus. Robbers and thieves and the trash and the rotting corpses of all the, all the sacrifices were brought to this valley. Can you imagine the smell? Can you imagine the sights? They tried to burn it all off so you can imagine the fires and the smoke coming out of the valley of Hinnom. And now you can understand why Jesus used this valley just south of the city to, to represent hell. But this is also from Psalm 23, the valley of the shadow of death. That's the valley that David means. A valley of the shadow of death. Even though I walk through it, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, David wrote. I find it amazing outside Jerusalem on one mount is the launching pad for Christ's return to heaven. And in one valley... Very close is the description of hell found in Matthew chapter 5 verse 29, Matthew chapter 10 verse 28, and Matthew chapter 23 verse 15. There's so many places in the Bible that we could, we could talk about that are so interesting that we could, just, we could have whole, whole classes, whole sermons on by just talking about one place. They hold so many interest, interesting facts and so many interesting truths. I believe it's interesting to know where where places were that things happened in the Bible. Something else that's interesting is what's happening now. What has happened to the universal church of the New Testament? We've been studying in in Sammy's class on Wednesday nights about the growth of the church and how that's even happening Right here at Fountainhead. From from this place, from this area, the growth of the church expanded throughout the world, even across even greater seas than than the Mediterranean Sea, across the oceans to even here in this place. 
What a wonderful God we serve. That we're included in this history. The history of God's people. It's interesting to note what's even happening here at Fountainhead. Another place we didn't mention, mention that's even closer to you than Fountainhead is your heart. It's a place. It's a place, your heart. And from here, true belief begins. Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. From the heart we do the will of God. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 6. So that with one heart and mouth we glorify God. Romans chapter 15 verse 6. Believe and obey and be one. Believe and be baptized. And the geography that you'll be in, the place that you'll be in, is, is Jesus Christ. I, I love preaching. I love preaching here at, at Fountainhead. You've got to be on your toes to preach here at Fountainhead. I tell you, you can't get away with nothing. <laughs> hey, Sammy, I'm looking at you. Did y'all know I made a mistake in the sermon this morning? Did y'all catch it? You didn't catch it? Sammy did. Thanks, Sammy. No, I'm glad Sammy did. No, I really, really am. I really, really am. In the, it was, it was kind of light. It was, you know, in the sermon, I was, I was saying that you know, Jesus, his mother was standing at the cross, and, and, and Jesus said, Woman, behold your son. And it made it come across like I was saying she was looking on Jesus. But really, she was telling John, Woman, behold your son. And, and, and you know, basically making sure that I, the point I was trying to make was, Sammy, that. That Jesus took care of his mama. We, we, we straightened that out. That was a simple mistake. That was the first time Timothy and I, we looked it up. We thought about it. We didn't look it up. We thought about it, didn't we? Where's Timothy? First time we've had to go to the CD before we put it on uh, the internet that we're going to have to change something. First time since I've been here. We're going to have to... Make that corrupted somehow or another. Make me sound silly. Put singing in there or something. I don't know. It's just for a little short amount of time. But that little short amount of time, that little, that little, that little mistake keeps preachers up at night. I'm telling you now. It keeps you up at night. The fact that I could stand here and I could tell you something that would help eternally damn your soul. That's a hard responsibility. What I'm saying here, church, is I'm just a man. Don't trust what I say. Check me out. Don't just take it for granted. I'm telling you the truth. Whole church, elders included, missed it. Sammy got it. One. Got it. Or did your wife get it and tell you? Which one was it? I'm not mad. I'm not mad at all. Please don't, don't misunderstand me. I'm not mad at all about that. I'm not, I'm not ashamed of you about that because I missed it. See? I'm not ashamed of you about it. I'm just saying don't 
Put your faith in a man. Put your faith in God's Word. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 12. Check me out. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 12. Here's another place I want to tell you about. In Genesis chapter 11, it gives the the descendants of Terah, along about verse 27 of Genesis chapter 11. It says in verse 31 of chapter 11, And Terah took his son Abram and his grandson Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, uh, his son's Abram's wife, and they went out with them from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. And they came to Haran and dwelt there. So the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Now, remember the map that we had, and you can look at your map. East of all the things that we're talking about, there's Ur and there's Haran. And they're headed toward what you have on your map. Okay? They're headed toward that place. All right? And it says, but he hadn't gotten there yet. He hadn't gotten there yet. And it says in chapter 12, verse 1, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Do you see the promise that Abraham was given right there? He was given that in Haran before he ever got to Canaan, before he ever got to the promised land. Now, fast forward a couple of thousand years, okay? Fast forward a couple of thousand years to Galatians. Go over to Galatians. Galatians chapter 3, around verse 26 it says, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, here we go. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise that was made to him when we were just read in Genesis chapter 12. In Haran. It was made that long ago. Fountainhead, those of, you, those of you here who are not in Jesus Christ, who are not in that place, that place of salvation, that place you can go to today. You can be in Jesus Christ by being baptized into Jesus Christ. That's the only way to get to that place. It's the only way to accept the promise that Abraham was given. If you're in that place, you're in the right place. Come right now.